0: Thank you for listening to Crossroads Community Church. At Crossroads, our mission is to be the church by exalting the glory of God, sharing and showing the love of Christ, and inviting others to be recipients of Christ's love. Now here's this week's message. This morning, I want to talk a little bit about the persecuted church about those who are um, beaten and battered and killed for their faith. Don and I have been a part of Voice of the Martyrs and Open Doors Ministry for um, several years now, for uh, Voice of the Martyrs over eight years. And Open Doors is another um, ministry that reaches out to the persecuted church and we've been a part of that for the last three years. And um, and I also have a, a group that I go to uh, that's called International uh, Christians Concerns. And they are also another group that reaches out to the persecuted church. Um, when I left the pastorate, I started a ministry called Mark Berkshire Ministries. And it's a ministry started to basically go around to churches and talk about the persecuted church because we don't talk about that enough in in our country. So today I want to talk a little bit about the persecuted church. If you look around us and look around the world today, we are not we are just filled with chaos everywhere. I mean just the two mass shootings that happened this week this weekend. You know, 20 people dead, 26 injured in in El Paso and then In Dayton, nine people dead and 16 injured. And they are just people that are on the streets. But every day there are thousands of Christians being killed for their faith in Jesus Christ, being beaten, being injured because they want to follow Jesus. There are rumors of wars. There's wars. There's floods everywhere. I mean, the other night, Friday night, we had a rainstorm up where we live. And it just flooded everything around us, our yard across the street looked like a lake we had beach beachfront property for a while because the creek came up to it, and it was just so bad so there's floods, there's earthquakes, there's fires, tornadoes, hurricanes, droughts, all of these mass killings. It sounds very depressing, doesn't it? And if I ended there, we would walk out of here very depressed this morning I And I would be included in that. But I want to tell you there's good news. There's good news this morning, and I want to bring encouragement to you. Psalms um, 33 says this, verses 10 and 11. The Lord brings the counsel of the nations to nothing. He frustrates the plans of the peoples. Verse 11 says, the counsel of the Lord stands forever the plans of his heart to all generations. God has a plan for us. And these nations, these countries, these leaders, everything about this world is going to pass away. But everything about Jesus is going to stay. You see, we serve a Savior who is alive. He is risen. He is not dead. He is not in the grave. He is not um, somebody that we can't, call on. He is alive and he is doing well and he is watching over you and me this morning and he's watching over us in every situation that we are in and he has that plan for us. He has that perfect job lined up. He has the finances we need to get by. He has the healing that we are looking for for sickness. He is there. He's alive. The same God that moved along this earth and created this world just four or 5,000 years ago, he is still the same God today. And he is still performing the same miracles and the same things today as he did back then. You see, he is alive. And at the end, I've read the back of the book, and I'm sure you have too. At the end, we win. We have victory in Jesus, and we will have the victory through him. But he tells us, Jesus is very clear, and he says to us, it's, going to, it's not going to be easy on you. He said, I'm going to be there, and you've got the victory, and you're going to win. But life isn't always going to be easy. Matter of fact, he says in John 15, Jesus says, if the world hates you, know that it, is, it has hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love you, because you're as its own. But because you are not of the world, but chose, uh, but I chose you out of the world. Therefore, the world hates you. Remember the word that I said to you: A servant is not greater than his master. If the persecute, if they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. You see, we're no better than the master. And look what Jesus went through on the cross. Look how he had to suffer for you and for me. As Christ's followers, we are told that there's going to be times of persecution. Matter of fact, if you look at Matthew 5, where it goes through, Jesus goes through the Beatitudes, you get all of those happy beatitudes, and then you get down to. Verse ten or eleven, I believe it is, and it says, "Blessed are those who are persecuted for me, for my name'sake." How can you be happy being persecuted because you're being persecuted for His name'sake? There, when we when we talk to Christians around the world who are going through suffering and going through the the pains. That come along with being in a country that hates God. We ask them, "How do you get along? How do you get through it? How do you how do you bear the the things that you have to go through?" And the answer is very simple. They said, "We count the cost, and we are willing to pay the price, and they are willing and able to remember that Christ is always worth it." So I want to look at that for just a few minutes this morning on what it means to be a Christian in a persecuted world. First, we have to count the cost. Bible says, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake and the Gospels will save it. For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his own soul? You see, there's there are extreme challenges facing a lot of Christians around the world. China, Indonesia, Pakistan, India, Iraq, Iran, Syria, Nigeria, those are just a few of the countries that face severe persecution. There's a list. um, Voice of the Martyrs puts out a list, and Open Doors um, USA puts out what we call a watch list of 50 countries around the world who are very hostile to to Christians and to Christ followers. And Open Doors USA says this, They say every month, there's 255 Christians that are killed. Every month, there's 255 Christians being killed for their faith. Every month, 104 Christians are either abducted or, or kidnapped by these forces that are against them. Every month, 180 Christian women are raped sexually assaulted and forced into marriages that they don't want to be in just because they're Christian. Every month, 160 Christians are detained without trial and are imprisoned. These are real numbers. These are not just made up. These are things that happen to people brothers and sisters in Christ just like you and me every day in countries that does not allow Christ to be preached, Christ to be worshiped, Christ to even be said. His name not even allowed to be proclaimed. Or there would be some there would be you know they would have to pay for it. So this is this is the cost that they know of. Of following Jesus what does it mean to count the cost to follow Jesus as I said for thousands of Christians it's being beaten and slaughtered and muzzle Iraq um, it meant if you followed Christ you lost everything you lost everything when Isis came into power and they came into to um, Iraq they came into Mosul, and one of the most Christian cities in all of the Middle East, when they came in, they went to every building and they asked, "Are you a Christian?" If you said yes, you got the Hebrew letter in" painted on your building. That's what this is. This is the Hebrew letter for "in." It means Nazarene. You were a Christian. It's a word that has been used for centuries and they knew what it meant. And they would mark their buildings with this in. Then another group of them would come through and they would tell them, you have a choice. I'll give you five choices that you can do. You can leave right now. You can convert to Islam. You can pay a tax or you will die. Those are your choices. Most of them left. They couldn't, um, they wouldn't convert to Islam. They couldn't pay the tax because it was so high that there was no way they were going to pay it. And if they didn't pay the tax, they were going to die anyways. So most of them left. And when, when ISIS came in, they took out almost all of the Christians out of that city. And there was, at one point, there was over 100,000 Christians in that city. And they were down to like 10 or 15 when they were finished. That's what, that's what Satan does. That's what persecution looks like. Um, some of the stories I, I'm going to tell you this morning, you're going to say, "Mark, that just can't be, be true. I want to tell you, I've talked to some of these people personally. It's true. The things they have to go through, not just in the Middle East, not just in Iraq, but in India, in in Pakistan, in different countries like that, even as close to us as Venezuela, as Cuba, as some of these other countries that are really close to us. Colombia. There are people who are being sought after and killed or beaten or put in jail just because of their faith. They know what it costs. They can count the cost of their faith. And sometimes it means everything. And they're willing to pay the price. They're willing to pay that price. Uh, the founder of Voice of the Martyrs paid that price, uh, Richard Warmberg Brand. Back in in the early 60s, he was a prisoner in a communist prison because he would not bow down and not stop preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. He and his wife were both arrested. He was put into jail, I think it was for something like 12 or 13 years and was not allowed to see his family. His wife was put into jail for three years and let go because they couldn't hold her. But he was held. And he came. He he founded the Voice of the Martyrs through this verse. It's found in Hebrews 13:3. It is uh, these are the buildings in Iraq that they would you would see how they would put paint the letter in on it. Um, but he founded Voice of the Martyrs with this. He says, "Remember." It's found in Hebrews 13:3. Remember those who are in prison, as though <coughs> excuse me, as though in prison with them and those who are mistreated or persecuted, since you also are in the body. Paul tells us in in 2 Corinthians 1, 8 through 11, For we do not want you to be unaware, brothers, of the affliction we are experiencing in in Asia. For we were so utterly um, burdened beyond our strength that we despaired, of life itself, indeed, but that was to make us rely not on ourselves, but on God, who raises the dead. He delivered us from such a deadly peril, and He will deliver us. On Him we have set our hope, that we will deliver, that He will deliver us again. You also may must keep. I'm sorry. You also must help us. By prayer, so that many will give thanks on our behalf for the blessings granted us through the prayers of many. Basically, Paul is saying it was hard. He's saying, folks, I'm writing you this letter to tell you not to feel sorry for me, but I'm telling you I almost gave up. I was beaten, and the burdens were so bad on me, I was ready to give it up but it was because of your prayers and because of the faithfulness of God that I was able to go on and I was able to move forward. The only way the Corinthians could help Paul at that time was to pray for him. Many times we will talk to people from the Middle East, from, from um Countries that are being battered and beaten, Christians who are being battered and beaten. And we'll ask them, what can we do for you? Um, I'm on a webcast every month about the last Thursday of the month through Open Doors Ministry where I talked, we get to talk to some of these people and their faces are blacked out. They have, you know, dark rooms. We can't see who they are because if we saw them, they would be in danger of you know, being really persecuted. But we'll ask them, what can we do? How can we help you? How can we share your stories with others? Number one thing they ask is pray for us. Don't pray that we get the persecution lifted. Don't pray that it goes away. That's not what they're asking us to pray for. They're asking us to pray to help endure the persecution. For Jesus Christ. Every time I think about that, it touches me. You see, we live here in America. And we don't understand what it means to be persecuted. I was at a conference not too awful long ago. And we heard a story about a man... We're going to call him David because we can't use his real name. At 11 years old, he was excited because he's from India. And at 11 years old, he was excited. And he came running home because he was at a Bible study or a Bible school for the first time. And he got a brand new Bible. And he came running home, and he was so excited to share with his mom and dad, look what I got. Look at this brand new Bible. His dad looked at him picked him up, and threw him and his Bible out on the street at 11 years old. At 11 years old, he became a person of the street. Nobody to help him, nobody to guide him. He lived life, you would think at that point, thinking that it was a worthless life, that he would not make anything of himself. David told us that he became... He worked his way and was able to go to school and able to go to college. Worked his way through and he became a pastor. And he went back to the town that he was kicked out of at 11 years old and started an underground church in that town. And as he was preaching one Sunday, he said, I was probably in my early 20s then. He said, as I was preaching one Sunday, a man walked through the door and sat down in the back pew or the back chair of this underground church. And he said, I watched him for a while, and I I knew I knew this guy, but I didn't know who he was. And he said, as he was sitting there, and he he got done preaching, he went to the gentleman, and he said, who are you? He said, I'm your dad. He said, I came to know Jesus. Jesus after I kicked you out. And now they serve Jesus together. Those are the stories that gets me. There's a woman by the name of Sarah. She was a Chinese girl. She worked for a newspaper, and she wrote an editorial on the joys of following Jesus. They came and they got her, And they told her she either wrote an article saying that that was a mistake or she was going to be thrown into jail. They threw her into jail. And on the back table back there, there's a little video. You can read stories of some of these people. I think Sarah's story is on there. And I don't have all the details, but the details I do have that I can remember (laughs) is that when she was arrested, they threw her into this dark cell and they threw her in there and they they left her there and the guards would make fun of her every time they walked by there was no door on the cell the guards were right outside the room and they would come in every so often about every hour to two hours and just slap her around beat her a little bit they'd send her in to make christmas lights that we put on our christmas trees here And they wouldn't pay her. That was her punishment. And she'd have to work in a square that was just big enough for her to stand in. And they'd bring her back into her cell every night, and they'd beat her. And they'd try to take advantage of her, and they'd try to do all kinds of stuff to her. And she wouldn't do it. And one night, after several years of this, she got up and she just started walking around her cell just around in circles, around the chair that they had her chained to, just like a dog would walk in a circle around their dog box. She walked around there. And as she walked, she would notice a trail of blood that was starting to form where she was walking. Her feet was becoming bloody, and the trail of blood that was walking around there. And she fell to the ground. She said, This is my blood. But Jesus, you did blood like this when you walked to the cross for me. She began to praise God for the blood stains that were on that floor because Jesus had done the blood stains already. He had the blood stains for you and for me. And she was praising God in the midst of all of this tragedy because she knew. That it was worth it. She knew that paying the price was going to be like this. And she knew that it, she knew what the cost of of following Jesus was going to be before she even started. That's what following Jesus is about. We are at such a disadvantage here in America because we don't have the problems of coming to church. There are churches, literally churches in China and in India and in Pakistan. It takes them all day to get to church because they have to go secretively and they have to go different ways every time they go. And sometimes it can be 50 to 60 miles out of the way to get to the church in their hometown that they just lived five minutes from because they didn't want to get caught. And they go in, and they sit down, and they worship God in the dark. Their singing is whispers. They worship him, though. And you would ask them, why? And they said, because Jesus loves us, and we love him. There's a, um, just last week or week before last, in Nigeria, there was a church that was worshiping on Sunday morning. They have the freedom to worship on Sunday morning, if you want to call it this. But as they were, as they were worshiping, the uh, tribesmen came in and started at the front and just shot everybody in the church that were worshiping the Lord. Men, women, and children, they didn't care because they were worshiping God. We come to our churches. We drive here in nice cars. We don't get blisters on our feet from walking to church. We come and we sit down in nice air-conditioned churches and we worship the Lord and we praise Him and there's nothing wrong with that. We are blessed to have been born in this country. There's nothing wrong with that. But think about those who aren't as lucky as we are or aren't as blessed. I don't like using the word lucky. Aren't as blessed as we are to have been born here. But folks, we are losing our freedoms every day in this country. I've a pa- pastor friend of mine who lives close to the Canadian border who was told he wasn't allowed to use certain words in his sermons anymore because they, if he did, he would go to jail because they were offensive to those he was preaching to. It's coming to our country. It's coming to the United States. Are you willing to pay the price? Are you willing to count the cost to follow Jesus this morning? You see, as I said, They count the cost. They know the price. And they remember through it all that Jesus is worth it. Jesus is worth it. This morning, I want you to know following Jesus is worth everything. It's the best relationship you will ever have in this world. And we take it for granted every day. I heard the story about these two young people over in China. They were in the youth movement, the, the Christian youth movement over there. And uh, Pastor Chan, who's uh, he was a pastor of um, a mega church out in California, he actually stopped and went on to do something. Francis Chan went on to do something else, but he went over to uh, China to do this. And they told him when when he got there, now if you see lights come in, just start running. Just run anywhere you can to get away from it. And Pastor Chan said to them, well, why why don't you just tell them that you don't believe in Jesus, even though you do? He said, why don't you do that? And one teenage boy, he said, probably only 15, 16 years old, looked at him and said, why would we do a crazy thing like that when we love Jesus? You see, their attitude is so much different than ours. We can't get people to come to churches on Sunday mornings. Churches throughout this country are empty because we'd rather be doing something else than filling our time with Jesus. Jesus is worth everything to me. I hope this morning that he's worth everything to you. So how can we help persecuted Christians? Glad you asked. I'll be glad to tell you. First and foremost, pray for them. Pray that God would give them the strength to endure the blessings that he has for them because that's what they consider their persecution, blessings that God has given them. Pray that our brothers and sisters will be able to... um, move forward. Some of them need to rebuild. Um, So that's the first thing we can do. Second thing we can do is write letters and cards to the persecuted church. If you go onto the persecuted website, um, either either, um, Voice of the Martyrs or Open Doors, it's persecution.com for Voice of the Martyrs. If you go onto their website, you will see where you can write letters to people who are in prison. Don and I—actually, it's more Don's ministry than mine. We started this uh, what six or seven years ago, where we we started something called Cards for, for Christians and Chains. And every Christmas, we have our church take cards, and, and Don puts little stories about each prisoner. On, on a board, and we have people from the church take that a, a prisoner and write a card or two or three to this prisoner. You can write it in your, your own language, and they'll just know they're getting a card and being blessed. Or there's actually a way on the Voice of the Martyrs website you can translate it into some of their languages, and, and you can translate different things to them in that. Or you can draw, we have kids in the Sunday school class that will just draw pictures and and send them to the prisoners. You see, they love getting this because they know when they get a card, whether they can read it or not, they know when they get it that someone cares about them, that they're not fighting this battle alone, but there's people who are there helping them and praying for them and are on the front lines with them, on their knees, praying to God. So write a letter of encouragement. We can also write letters if we know that uh, a foreign dignitary is coming to the area or coming to, uh, to the states. Write your congressman. Tell him, go see this person because we want you to bring up the fact that there are Christians being persecuted in their country. What are they going to do about it? And bring, make awareness of it. We need to make more people aware of what's going on with our brothers and sisters around the world. Then get involved. Get involved. There are several ways you can get involved. You can go on to persecution.com or opendoorsusa.com and either one of those organizations. And you can sign up to be a voice. For the persecuted church, um, to they call them a voice in the voice of the martyrs, and in Open Doors USA, I'm called a connector. So either one, you can you can join and be. It, it doesn't cost anything, but time. And some of us have time that we waste that we could be putting doing something like this. So get involved that way. Get involved um, with prayer. If you have a smartphone, there's a prayer app for Voice of the Martyrs and for Open Doors. Every day they will alert you to the prayer needs for that day. It could be someone who's in prison. It could be someone who's going to trial. It could be someone who was killed, and we need prayer for the family. There's prayer apps that they will alert you to pray for those families. Open Door and Voice of the Martyrs both have those. So get involved that way and pray for them. Adopt a frontline worker through Voice of the Martyrs. There are frontline workers all through these countries. There are pastors who are from that country that need our help. They need Bibles. They need, need clothing. Some of them need food. We can help in that way. Voice of the Martyrs, Open Doors, does the same thing. Voice of the Martyrs also has something called Action packs we just uh i got an email last night stating that they're just getting ready to pack up 257,000 action packs to send to the middle east um that people have either donated the action pack or they donated money to fill an action pack it's seven dollars to fill an action pack and what they do is they take these action packs and they don't give them to people they put them on Doorpost, or they put them on fence posts out in the middle of town because if they're seen getting these things, it could cause them to go to prison. So they put them out, they'll have a Bible in them, they'll have clothes in them, toothpaste, soap, shampoo, things like that. Things that we don't even think about are in these action packs. And um, people can come along and just pick up one. And we don't know who's getting them, we don't know What's getting, but they're prayed over and they're put out there. Um, Open Doors USA does a similar thing to help frontline pastors. Actually, Open Doors USA, I think it's neat. They have a motorcycle group because most of the pastors in India and some of these other areas, the only way to get around is on a motorcycle. So you can buy a scooter for next to nothing through Open Doors. They provide it to the pastors for free so they can, they can get around. So kind of a neat thing. Um, so we can send Bibles. Some of the Bibles that are smuggled into these countries today is another neat way of technology. Everybody, even in these poorest countries, have cell phones. <clears throat> so what they do, they put the Bible on a SIM card that goes into the phone an SD card. And when you put the SD card in the phone, you get your Bible. And that way if you're caught for being a Christian, you can just take the SD card out and throw it on the ground. Nobody ever knows you have a Bible. Cuz ha- owning a Bible in some of these countries is a death sentence. So, this is a way that we can provide a Bible to them at just a few dollars and they're able to to have the Word of God, and um, you know the fourth thing is, and, and I don't, I, I say this because it is something that we can do, and Don and I do it. Um, Don and I don't get a penny for going around to churches talking about um, the persecuted church. That's not our goal, but we can give to groups like Voice of the Martyrs or. Open Doors USA or International Christians' uh, Concerns, and and we can give to them so they can help others. And you can go to their website. On the back table is all the Voice of the Martyr information I have. There's some bracelets back there. There's some um, prayer guides, magazines, 50th anniversary magazines back there, Um, some subscription cards, the magazine. You can get a magazine free every month. There's a uh, subscription card for that. It's totally free. Give you stories of these persecuted brothers and sisters. So as we bring it to a close this morning, let me challenge you. What is your testimony worth? How often do you share your testimony with someone else? How often do you share your story? Maybe would be a better way to say it with someone else. You see, we're afraid of sharing our story because somebody may make fun of us. Somebody may think that we're fanatics if we share our story. Our brothers and sisters around the world share their stories freely, knowing that they could be killed for just mentioning Jesus' name. And they say, well, if I'm killed, I'm going better than I am here because I have glory to look forward to. Get involved. Not necessarily doing anything like I do, Get involved by telling your story, witnessing to someone about Jesus Christ. Start praying for these persecuted believers. Let them know that they're not alone. Ask the Holy Spirit to just help them to understand that you're praying for them right now. Let's stand and pray. and ask the worship team to come on up. We're going to do things a little different that way today, too. No instruments, just a acapella, the way it would be in most persecuted churches. Father, we just pray right now that you would continue to speak to our hearts. Father, we thank you for your love. We thank you for protecting us And we ask, Lord, that you would be with our persecuted brothers and sisters around the world today. Lord, that as they say, you don't take the persecution away, but you give them the strength to endure the persecution. We just ask, Lord, that you would just um, be with them. Let them know they're not alone that someone here in Jefferson Hills, Pennsylvania is praying for them right now. In Jesus' name, amen.